the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. This cold, dark, rainy, bitter Monday. What is happening? Very, Look, very dark. how much sunlight do we get? Not much. Not enough. No, we do not. Can I say that? And after Just that steeler enough. loss, coupled with this day, it's rough. Plus, I got a knife in my throat. That's what I, I get that sort of thing. That like sore throat that feels oh, like it's going through your oh, head. Oh, What's happening there? Well, look at the weather forecast, too. We got the uh, weather forecast up and running. Holy smokes. Sky's it falling. It doesn't look good. I don't want to look at it. Okay, right. I'm not even going to look at anyway, it. Anyway, I'm holding a cup of tea. Okay. And because of that, I feel pretty good. So, at least in this corner of the world, despite my misgivings for the day. All right. I welcome. Have a, but I have other good news, John, so don't yeah. you worry. All don't right. you worry. Just right. sit back and relax because you're going to feel better once I tell you about this story. <sighs> How much do we love Josh Harrison? Oh, please. That's another sad story. It's a sad story. How could he not be returning to the pot? I can't. S- Please, don't give me started. I can't get that in my head. Don't I don't want to get it in my head. Of course not, but he's I, gone. I'm trying to avoid the reality of it. The Jay Hay has not been re-signed, and so the, uh, as he exits the city of Pittsburgh to expedite matters, and because he's a classy guy in his kindness and generosity, he just does a little turnkey for Light of Life. Listen, he donated most of the contents of his house. Mm-hmm. Sands his children's stuff. Right, well, and sans his children. Yeah, yeah. He's keeping them. Right, yeah. He lived in the Wexford section of North Hills, mm-hmm. and he donated everything to Light of Life Rescue Mission, which, of course, is in the north side, if you're unfamiliar. Two bedrooms, a full living room, a kitchen complete with pans, dishes, and food, enough to fill, wait for it, 26 trucks. 26 trucks? What? No. No. What? No. What are you talking Wait, about? Listen. Two bedrooms listen. and twenty six trucks. Wait, listen. Wait, there was a little blip, like a little blip on how this was uh, printed. I thought it was. Eight. I had to look close. <laughs> I was like, how big of a house did he have? I, 20... What the heck are we talking? Light of life can't hold all that. Wait, it's a two bedroom. It's two bedroom and no, twenty. Wait. Like, can I edit now that I can see it? Hold on. Might be better to read it than uh, enough to fill. I did read it at a time. I just didn't stop to think. Now, wait a minute. 26 trucks. It's like Beverly Hillbilly. <laughs> Enough to fill. How about this? <laughs> 26 feet of truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> Listen, now, now that I got you excited about 26 trucks, now his actual donation means nothing. <laughs> Why is he so chintzy? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Oh, 26 trucks versus 26 feet. Oh, how big's a pickup truck? That is funny. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is an article in the PG by Bob Batts. Yeah. Thanks, I can, Bob. I can read the rest of it. It's printed out nicely. Good job. 
is AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh Pirates sideline reporter Robbie Isminkowski. Mm. Stays at a lot of upscale hotels with the team. And for years, he's been collecting unused soap and other complimentary guest toiletries and giving them to charities, including Light of Life, um, which, of course, gives them to homeless people and whoever need it, right? Mr. Isminkowski encourages players to contribute to an every road trip Josh Harrison was good for a few bars of soap. Nice. He always remembered it, right? After he became a free agent, Mr. Harrison and his wife, Brittany, made the decision to move. They also decided that instead of moving, storing, or selling eight years' worth of stuff, they would give most of it to the people who need it. And so they went to Robbie Isminkowski, and he asked Light of Life. And the nonprofit just so happens to have quietly started accepting donations of furniture on October 1 of this year, only a couple months ago. The agency will pick it up and match the donation also by appointment to folks who could use it and give people some hope. So everything comes in for free and everything goes out for free, says Tom Mitlow, who's the Light of Life new director. And um, so on the morning of November 17th, Mr. Mitlow, his son Tyler, and three volunteers from Light of Life rolled up to the rented house. The volunteers, though, did not know, John, whose house it was. Oh. They just thought they were going to get a ship. Really? Okay, that's cool. Right. By everyone's account, though, Josh Harrison couldn't have been more like a regular guy. He helped them find the right Allen wrench to take apart a bed. He posed for a few photos and told Tyler, one of the guys who was one of the movers, who's in barber school, by the way, that maybe someday he'll have to come back so Tyler can cut his hair. Mm. And he gave freshly autographed baseball cards to all five guys from Light of Life, which took away a donation that's going to be hard to beat. Fabulous. Yeah. So all that furniture, all those housewares will be used to furnish fresh starts for people, such as those Light of Life residents um, that are listed in this article, and many of whom you probably know if you've done any work at all with Light of Life. So it's not great news. Sure is. Jay Hay. Sorry to see you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so MLB.com covered that story. Mm-hmm. So it's become a national story. And, you know, for those of us, we think, you know, we could never donate all of our house. But he's in a completely different income bracket than 99.9% of Americans. I think. It's good to see he's doing the right thing. Yeah. Again, he's just a really good guy. And sorry to see him go. Yep. We're cleaning house. And good job. And Robbie is Minkowski. Yeah. For doing that and just getting that in the player's head so that when Jay Hay decided to move, that was the first thing he thought of. That's a lot of soap, isn't it? A lot of soap. Over the years. Yeah, good for them. Yep. Hey, uh, we've got a full show for you, don't we not? Uh, Jerry sure Boyer is with us. Yeah, it's been f- a long time since Jerry's been with us. Economics and Christians and Christmas. How do those two things intertwine? We'll mm-hmm. talk about that during the 5 o'clock hour. And coming up next, we're going to go right to the heart of the nation's capital. We'll talk to Greg Clugston, who's the SRN White House correspondent. We know that the casket bearing the body of former President George H.W. Bush on its way to the U.S. Capitol. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. People drop out of the Lord's work. They drop out of church. They drop out of the Christian life because they think, I can't win the war within. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Cram. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. 
This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. Since childhood, Brooklyn has struggled with debilitating anxiety, but she found comfort on the radio. It was like every single time God was just telling me again, I'm here for you. And focus was that ministry he used to be that voice I needed in that exact moment of time. I'm Jim Daly. Give the gift of family to help more people like Brooklyn. And when you give today, your donation will be doubled. Call 800-A-FAMILY. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are. The Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forever Mark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forever Mark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nito Road. Visit TrinityJewelers.com. Hello, this is David Jeremiah. During Christmas time one year, our family went to Radio City Music Hall to see the Christmas presentation, and it was fabulous. But the best part, the finale, was the most majestic presentation of the biblical nativity story I have ever seen. It began with a dimly lit room on the stage. A young child was listening to his father read Luke 2, 8-14 from the Bible. And then, with live animals and majestic music and beautiful lighting, we were made to feel like we were right there at the manger beside Mary and Joseph on the very first Christmas night. When the curtain came down, the loudest applause of the whole evening occurred. It was unbelievable. The birth of Jesus in New York City, and people were standing and clapping and yelling their approval. There are many people in our world who will have nothing to do with Jesus. But I, for one, I'm not going to leave Christ out of Christmas. I hope you'll join me in making him central to the season this year. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system... Check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. Every Monday we start off the show by checking into the White House. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston is with us to give us an update about what's been happening over the past week. Greg, welcome back. Happy Monday to you, sir. Thank you. Happy Monday. Hi, John, Kathy. Always good to talk to you, Greg. Uh, we look forward to this every week. Uh, so we, many of us watched today on television and um, online watching the casket bearing the body of former President George H.W. Bush uh, from Houston to you know where it's going to lie in state in the U.S. Capitol. And while that was going on, of course, John and I talked about, Greg, how uniformly, regardless of what TV news channel you're watching, uh, uniform praise for the gracious character of the president. That's really true, Kathy. The uh, the tributes, the remembrances, all of the, the commentary that's going on, 
is you're right. It's uh, it's very uniform. It's very consistent, and I think that speaks to George H. W. Bush and a consistency that was really woven into his personal life as well as his uh, professional life. And of course, his professional life was pretty remarkable when you look at his biography. When you look at what he did, he was not only a decorated um, war military hero for the United States, but then he he came back from war and became the uh, you know an elected president of the United States. In addition to being a vice president, to leading the CIA, he also was a member of Congress. He worked at the State Department as an ambassador. I mean, his his resume is uh, was eye popping in terms of public service at the national federal level. And, uh, there surely but, could never have been, Greg, a more qualified person to be president. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny, George W. Bush, um, his son, and also a former president, said that he thinks that his dad was was one of the most remarkable one-term presidents. And he wasn't joking or putting him down for only being uh, a president for four years as opposed to eight years. But he said uh, the time that he served what was happening in the world with the ending of the Cold War uh, and all the rest. He said it was a consequential time, and he handled it with, with grace, um, and he handled it with skill. Uh, and there were other reasons why he didn't win the election, of course, and, and Bill Clinton succeeded him in 1992. But uh, it's it's really remarkable, as you say, again, that uh, you know these kinds of comments are, are being made by Democrat, Democrats, Republicans alike, across the spectrum, uh, and by the way, his hearse uh, is about to arrive uh, in just a few minutes at Capitol Hill. Uh, the the plane, the presidential aircraft that serves as Air Force One, landed uh, outside Washington at Joint Base Andrews uh, within the last half hour or so. And so uh, the uh, the president's body and the accompanying family members and others, they're about to uh, be at the rotunda here within the next uh, few minutes. So, Greg, uh, the president's body will lie in state at the rotunda. Uh, we were talking about this before. It's unusual that most presidents don't do this or request this, but it's been a long time since this has happened, yes? Yeah, of course, it happened not for a uh, former president recently, but uh, for John McCain, a former U.S. senator who uh, was a former presidential contender. But uh, this this isn't always the case. Uh, but to have a state funeral, um, as uh, has been granted George H.W. Bush, uh, it speaks to his role not only as a politician but you know as the leader of a nation. He's been, as you as you mentioned, as he was leaving Houston this morning and arriving at Joint Base Andrews earlier today. And what we'll see all throughout the ceremonies and events of this week, full military honors provided here. Um, so and 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 the federal government, um, the federal agencies are going to be closed uh, here on on Wednesday, the day of the funeral at the National Cathedral. So uh, it's really a remarkable spectacle mm-hmm. and tribute to George mm-hmm. H. W. Bush. So the current president, though, coming under some criticism because of the tweeting he was doing while the transport was happening and while a lot of Americans were affixed to watching the proceedings for the former president online or on TV. So talk about all the tweets this afternoon. Yeah, and we were we were wondering if the president uh, who came back from the the G20 summit over the weekend and was uh was talking about uh the importance of the the meetings that he was holding with leaders from China and uh, some of the other interactions he had with world leaders uh and especially this 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 deal with tariffs in China and possibly some sort of a breakthrough there. Um he quickly turned from talking about those kinds of 
of, of matters. Uh, back to the Russia probe and the special counsel, he was railing against his former personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, in tweets this morning. He was saying that, uh, he was complaining essentially that Cohen should not be cooperating with the special counsel and that he deserves a full and complete prison sentence. <laughs> that he, he did a lot of things wrong. He's been charged with all of these uh, various matters, including lying to Congress. And the president was basically saying uh, he shouldn't get a, you know, he shouldn't be able to cut a deal with Robert Mueller and the investigators. So he's going off on that. And at the same time, he was praising on Twitter his one-time advisor, Roger Stone, who has refused to cooperate with the investigators. And Trump tweeted this morning, nice to know that some people still have guts. So uh, it's just a different tone that was being expressed on, on Twitter as we were watching you know, the hearse and uh, the loading of, of the former president's casket into the plane in Houston. Um, and I, I do want to be careful about this, but it, it is striking to me, and I think um, a, lot of, a lot of Americans... Uh, the kinds of things that are being said about former President George H.W. Bush and how it really is uh, quite a stark contrast to uh, how a lot of people in this country feel about the current president. It's a, it's a collision, isn't it, Greg? I think there's no yeah, other way you know, to Yeah, but you know, here's the thing, though, and I know I'm going to veer off into opinion here for a minute, but, you know, with all of the people who are involved in media, whether it's online or it's on TV or radio, decrying, you know, the difference in this president and the current political climate and, you know, George H.W. Bush and that political climate, I think, you know, every one of us who has a public platform has to think about the role that we may have played in what is the current climate, and not just pointing it at one person who's the president. Right. No, that's true. And uh, look, every every president, and, and speaking just about American presidents right now, every president, obviously, and this is true about humans generally, has strengths and weaknesses, uh, victories and defeats. And uh, that's not to paper over a lot of problems that even conservatives had with George H.W. Bush when he was in the Oval Office, whether it was on taxes or any other number of issues. Um, and people uh, who support President Donald Trump can point to any number of issues, whether it's uh, pointing justices to the Supreme Court, uh, being very adamant about pro-life policies and all the rest, uh, as, as important victories and accomplishments by this administration. Uh, but there is there does seem to be a difference, not just at the White House level, but in the national uh, discourse yeah. that we're seeing here in Washington among politicians, but also on social media just by anybody and everybody who has uh, a smartphone at their fingertips. Right. So, uh, Greg, let's go back to the, the mechanics of the, uh, the funeral. President Bush, we've understood, is going to be on a train. Can you talk to us about that, about the transporting of President Bush's body on a train that was named for him? Yeah, I believe that's going to be in Texas after um, the events here in Washington. Uh, I've been focused more on the schedule here in D.C., mm-hmm. but uh, it, it, so if I'm if I'm a little off on this, um, my apologies in advance. But I believe once um, the ceremonies and the funeral are done here on Wednesday, and the former president is flown back to Houston, there will be. Uh, there will be that train uh, carrying his casket to College Station, Texas. Okay. That's Texas A&M University, where the, pres- the Bush Presidential Library is located, and that's where he's going to be buried next to his wife, Barbara, and uh, his daughter, Robin, who was just three or four years old when she died of leukemia. Uh, so that's going to be toward the end of the week's events, as far as I understand. I see. Thank you. 
All right, so let's move into talking about uh, the Russia investigation. You know, I wonder with the the antagonistic tweets of today from the president. Of course, these aren't the first ones regarding the Mueller investigation by far, but they are they are acerbic. And you know, you mentioned the one earlier, which basically says if you don't cooperate with the investigation, that means you have guts. And I just wonder, like. I, that can't mean anything good for how the Mueller team is going to go about this. I mean, it's just going to ramp them up. It would seem that it would. Um, it, it kind of sort of human nature, right, Kathy, that you would, you would kind of react or respond that way. And, and there have been any number of commentators uh, today looking at that, that particular qu- tweet regarding Roger Stone and still having guts for not cooperating and, and wondering if, if that is some sort of uh, social media attempt at tampering or mm. trying to influence a witness or a potential witness right. uh, from the highest levels of the national government. And, you know, people can differ on that and within the legal community, you know, what what amounts to tampering and, and all the rest. But it, it is, as you point out, it's acerbic and it's also, it, it raises some eyebrows. And in, in separate tweets, and the president was busy on Twitter this morning, he was, um, you know, airing new and fresh complaints about Robert Mueller, who is the special counsel, as well as his team of investigators. He was calling them an out-of-control band of angry Democrats. He's called them angry Democrats before. But he was claiming that they don't want the truth and they only want lies, and, they're re- and that they are working with people like his former uh, personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, to really craft stories that are not true. Now, that's the view of the president, uh, and we'll have to simply wait and see what kind of um, further evidence and further charges, if there are any, that we'll be getting from the Mueller team. I see. So, uh, Greg, will the president attend the Trump, uh, the um, Bush funeral, please? Yeah, he will. That's the plan. Um, we haven't received confirmation about a personal um, private meeting, although we understand there may be a private meeting between President Trump uh, and members of the Bush family. And when and where that exactly would take place, um, that hasn't been publicly announced yet. But the president and the first lady are going to be among those attending the funeral on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And we understand that all of the other former living, uh, other living former presidents are going to be there really? as well. Wonderful. All right, Greg, before we let you go, um, let's talk a little bit about the North American trade deal. Um, what's new? What's different? And uh, Trump claiming victory? He is. Now, uh, the, the only real difference that has happened over the last few days is that this uh, document has been signed by President Trump and the leaders of Canada and Mexico. They did that uh, late last week at the beginning of the G20 summit in Argentina. They were all there as world leaders to attend that conference. So they held a separate event where they signed the document and spoke about reaching this deal. This is the replacement of NAFTA. It's now being called the USMCA, the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement. Um, and prior to that, there were is a few weeks prior to that that you know that, that was finalized between the U.S. and Canada and the U.S. and Mexico. But what's interesting is this still has to be approved by Congress in this country as well as the legislatures in both Canada and Mexico. So uh, it was a milestone. It was a, it was a, an important event for this president and the other leaders to sign the document uh, and to say that uh, they have come to an agreement. But lawmakers in all three countries are still going to have to sign off on it. I see. So, Greg, before you do leave us, um, the president's body is going to lie in state for a day or so. Will you have the opportunity, as part of your busy workload, to travel over and get in line? Yeah, I, I hope to do that, and uh, I'll just have to see how my schedule ends up 
you know, doing uh, in terms of doing that. But certainly, members of the media have have access to the rotunda as as will members of the public. So there will be public visitation here for the next couple of days. Um, I certainly uh, hope to do that. I'm here in the, at the White House right now, and uh, the hearse uh, carrying the president's casket is now arriving on Capitol Hill. By the way, and then of course Wednesday. Um, I'll be helping with our SRN news coverage, uh, anchoring the uh, the live coverage of the funeral from Washington National Cathedral. Very nice. Well, Greg, thanks enough a lot. We always appreciate mm-hmm. your insights here and uh, the insider view that you share. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. Our great pleasure. Thank you. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. Information about Greg, wordfm.com, part of the Salem Radio Network. Greg Clugston. Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Hey, don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage because open enrollment ends December 7th. That means you've got some important decisions to make. Now, Medicare is confusing. We all know this. But Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know that you've got questions and they've got the answers you're looking for. So before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for the next year? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year? By how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or should you drop it altogether? It's a lot of questions, so don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but on quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. So why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Send wishes of joy and love to those on your mind and heart this season with free online cards at CrossCards.com. It only takes a minute to personalize and send a CrossCards.com e-card that will brighten the holiday season for family and friends. From scripture-inspired cards to heartfelt messages, even party invitations, CrossCards.com makes it easy to let others know you're thinking about them this Christmas. Celebrate the most wonderful time of the year with free cards at CrossCards.com. A trip to Fun for All Family Fun Park always has our family life. Now that they've decked their 36 holes of award-winning miniature golf and holiday Lights, they got us all thinking. Everything is cool at Christmas time. Fun for All's Holiday Lights Mini Golf runs from November 16th to January 2nd with a portion of the proceeds benefiting Highmark's Caring Place. For more information, visit funforall.com backslash holiday lights and experience the holiday tradition that'll have you singing. JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com is the best place to get great gifts for half price. Right now, get deals from Cine Roasted Almonds, Caliente Pizza and Draft House, Qdoba Mexican Grill, and many more. To have your business featured, send an email to customer service at JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com. Sylvania is always looking to improve their headlights to help people see farther and drive safer. So they developed their Silver Star Ultra headlights to have greater clarity and the brightest downroad visibility. So now you can see what you've been missing. Sylvania, think farther down the road. Thank you. 
Rain will end as a bit of snow this evening with uh, no snow accumulation expected, but watch for slippery spots as temperatures do drop below freezing. We'll drop down to a low of 28 tonight under a cloudy sky. Mainly cloudy and cold tomorrow, high 35. Bit of snow late tomorrow night that can leave a coating to an inch of accumulation, low 26. And then a cloudy and cold day Wednesday with a snow shower, high 32. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Brian Thompson on 101.5 Word FM. You know, on second thought... Yes? I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been... Hoping that you drop in. So very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like ice. My mother will start to worry. Here's a quiz. Do you know who is singing? Listen to the fireplace So really, I'd better... I do not. The man man or the woman? Both. How about the enunciation? Baby, it's... These are not great singers, clearly, but they're big. They were big, huge stars. Mm-hmm. You know who the woman was? No. Esther Williams. Why? The swimmer. Yeah. And Ricardo Montalban. Wow. 1949. Isn't that crazy? It's a great song. I love this song, and I know people oh, see, hate it. I don't like it at all. I like it. Why don't you like it? You think it's cheesy? Or you think it's coercive? I, no, I don't think it's coercive. I just think it's. I think it. I think cheesy is the best word. No, I don't mind it. I, it's again. It tells a little story. There's a tension there between the two of of what their desire is. Certainly, what his desire is, his wish, and hers that goes back and forth. Well, listen. There are a lot of people in Cleveland who work for a particular radio station yes. who don't share your viewpoint. One hundred two point one WDOK in Cleveland, Ohio. Pulled the song from its 24-hour Christmas rotation this week, citing listener complaints, according to a local news station. The song penned by Frank Loeser Loiser from Guys and Dolls fame in 1944 as a duet for him to sing with his wife at parties. Later on, the song I, was You sold. know, Eric and I have been searching for just such a song. Well, like are, a song that he and I could sing at parties, and we just haven't landed on the right one. But you know, you can imagine if you were married Who's to a sick, lyricist. What the only people who have ever done that, in my understanding, in the history of the world, were Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore in their fictionalized lives. Well, people probably did this a lot, especially I, in certain circles. I can't believe people did that. Oh, a I can lot, sure. But like, you've never been to theater parties, then? Oh, that's a good point. I haven't because there's a lot of that, or at least there was a lot of that from. Yeah, people will just entertain and play and create and act. So and all of sing a sudden, it's like Dick, it's like Dick Van Dyke of. and Mary Tyler Moore singing Mountain Greenery on yeah. their little stools in yeah. front of their five friends. Exactly. All right. Yeah, so the song is gone, apparently, at least from the Cleveland radio stations. Uh, people say, oh, enough of that hashtag me too, but if you really put that aside and listen to the lyrics, it's not something that I would want my daughter to be in that kind of situation, said Miz- midday host Desiree. She told Cleveland's uh, Fox 8, the tune might be catchy, but let's maybe not promote that sort of an idea. In a blog post on the station's website, radio host Glenn Anderson further explained the decision, writing, quote, I got to be honest, I didn't understand why the lyrics were so bad until I read them. Now I do realize that when the song was written in 1944, it was a different time. But now, while reading it, it seems manipulative and wrong. The world we live in is extra sensitive now, and people get easily offended. But in a world where hashtag Me Too has finally given women the voice they deserve... This song has no place. All right, so I mean, the words are creepy, 
but they're yeah, creepy. They they're creepy and like a weird. It's it's not something that I think is serious. Well, I, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you, I, I mean, if you think back when you were single and you remember, you know, the dating scene. If you were alone with someone you desired, right? There was a give and take. There was a negotiation, and that's what this is. That yes, that is what the song is. But here's the one. Here I'm looking up the lyrics. I looked at them earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the part. That did, I I did, it actually made me, okay. The neighbors might think, say, what's in this drink? The neighbors might, because it goes from a different time when she was alone in a room or in a home with a man and she wasn't married. So the neighbors would raise an eyebrow. Now, of course, no one's raising an eyebrow now. Okay, but what's, what do you mean, what's in this drink? Well, okay, so... She's maybe asked for tea, and now she's got gin oh, and tea. Right, so she doesn't have like you know some a Mickey. Right, she might, maybe. Who knows? It can be interpreted through a different lens. One of them says, "Ah, uh, you're very pushy," you know, and then the guy says, "I like to think of it as opportunistic." Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Look, I'm not saying this is like you know some squeaky clean American no, version that, of I mean, dating. It's a negotiation between two yes, adults. Yes, you're right. You're right. And that negotiation happens every time p- two people are in that situation. In desire. Okay. But here, I, I think I'm coming down on the side of the guy. I don't, I don't know. I don't think there's a space for it. Wait. You're coming down on the side of the guy. You the don't guy, think this way. No, no. I'm coming down on the side of the guy at the radio station oh. in Cleveland. Well, I, I get – I mean, when I remember years ago when I heard this song – you know, as an adult, and thought, "Oh, yeah, it's, it's nothing. Something's going on there that's not exactly copacetic," and that's the truth, right? A guy is pressing down. Okay, okay, but here's what to me is is like side splittingly hilarious. Yeah. How about ninety eight percent of every pop song right now? Pop I mean, song. Listen, current music is like "Baby, It's Cold Outside" to the tenth power. When it comes to nasty, when it comes to nasty lyrics that are abusive, that are misogynist, I mean, the current pop music is a cesspool. I know it is. So that makes this, you know, this objection to "Baby, It's Cold Outside" seem like a a farce. Remember, what what time? Who'd you go to the concert and see? Bruno Mars. Yeah. And you know, you I were loved, hoping that I loved that concert. I love ninety percent of it, but man, the other ten, yeah. I was like, "What is going on here? That's and rough. why do I have my kids exactly here and right. not at home?" So believe me, the, the, the baby, my baby, it's cold outside. Is quaint right. by comparison. Okay, okay. So whatever this radio station is in Cleveland, it's an all Christmas station all the time, right? You know what that is. Let's it's it's like three WS here. Okay, but they play other things in other times of the year. Yeah, but you well, know, during the Christmas season. Okay, so season, here's my question. Are they putting these same strictures on lyrics to all the other songs they're playing? Probably not. Probably not. No. So that means they're inconsistent, and now I changed my mind. I'm not on his side. Well, you know what happened. A few people called to complain. That's how it happens. We get that here, Kath. And heck, we're, we're a Christian station. So, you know, if you complain, then management considers. And if there's enough complaints, then they respond. That's okay, all. so what's the most holistic way to look at it? Pay attention to the lyrics and the songs that you're listening to. Especially the songs your kids are listening to if you've got kids. Yeah, I'm all for that. But uh, Maybe uh, the station might want to start protesting like some of the latest stuff that's come out in the last 12 months. But don't you see? How can you do this thing to There's me? There's bound to be talk tomorrow. Think of your lifelong At sorrow. least there will be plenty implied. If I caught pneumonia and died. You really can't Get stay. over that old out, oh, baby. But it's, it's cold, cold outside. outside. 
101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Do you have what it takes for your marriage to hold together forever? It is not primarily your love that holds your marriage together. It is your marriage that holds your love together. It is your commitment that sustains your marriage. Listen to Adrian Rogers talk about super glue for the family this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with my pillow, you can enjoy the most wonderful sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and I've been enjoying a great night's sleep for years thanks to my pillow. And believe it or not, it's still in as good a shape as it was when I took it out of the box. That's because Mike Lindell, creator of my pillow, made it machine washable and dryable, and his patented interlocking fill guarantees it will never lose its shape. If you've never tried my pillow, now's the perfect time with Mike's holiday four pack special. Just call 1 800 961 9207. Mention promo code WORD and get two my pillows plus two go anywhere pillows for one low price. Exclusive for this offer, you'll get free holiday shipping, and they're even extending their money-back guarantee on the four-pack through March 1st of 2019. Plus, it comes with a 10-year warranty. Mention promo code WORD when you call 1-800-961-9207 or enter it when you visit MyPillow.com today. Castle Toys and Games in Beaver, Wexford, Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened. And may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone in your whole family around the table. Warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games, your local independent toy store serving area families since 2005 in Beaver, Wexford, Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com. Hey, just ask your delivery guy, or the guy who built your delivery guy's house, or the guy who laid the highway for the guy who built your delivery guy's house. Ford Commercial Vehicles can handle the job. During commercial vehicle season, save on Transit, Transit Connect, E-Series, Super Duty, and Medium Duty trucks. Ford Trucks and Vans. Year after year, America's best-selling line of commercial vehicles, because they're built Ford Tough. Claim based on IHS market calendar year 1985 through 2017. U.S. TIP registrations, excluding registrations to individual seer dealer for details. You don't know when your furnace will call it quits, but you can rest assured it'll be at the most inconvenient time possible. And who has all day to wait around for a tech to arrive? With Ventec, there is no waiting around, including evenings and weekends. Ventec will repair and replace forced air, central AC, and even offers split mini-duct units to heat and cool individual rooms. With flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees, clean, courteous, convenient, and A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Ventec, 412-793-0661. I love Popeye so much. I have no connection to Popeye at all. What? I mean, I know who he is, and oh. I remember Olive Oil, and they were in a car. 
car. Weren't they in a car? No, they were in a boat. Oh. See, okay, so I don't know. Popeye. Popeye is like one it's of not- the centerpieces of my adolescence. No way. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, I, and I made it part of my boys' adolescence Tell me as about well. that. Why? Well, um... It, you know, it's one of those cartoon series that ran. It was first produced, I think, back in the 20s. And so as animation came into flourish in the 30s and especially in the 40s, Popeye was mass produced and he became a cultural icon. And I, I'm that's not trying to, you know, I'm not selling that short by any stretch of the imagination. If you were alive in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, Popeye was, you know, part of the fabric of the life. Um, and I just love the cartoons. They were goofy and adventuresome. They were kind of creepy. I mean, mm. Alice the Goon, I love Popeye, I love Popeye. Um, Olive Oil, Pee Wee, the little baby, Jeep, the dog, all those characters. Was Pee Wee their baby? See, now the relationship was muddy. Oh, no. It's like the white stripes all of a sudden. They weren't necessarily. I mean, if you would ask a kid, are Popeye and Olive Oil married? Well, you'd kind of think that maybe they were boyfriend-girlfriend because, you know, he really would always pursue olive oil. But then at some point later on down the line, the baby, Sweet Pea, showed up. Mm-hmm. And it was clearly olive oil's baby, but Popeye never called the baby. I don't think he ever called the baby son. Listen, I don't think you should talk about that on that Cleveland radio station because right. this is the hashtag me too. This is not okay. Well, someone's sensibility is going to be offended in some weird way. But Popeye was cool. I love Popeye. Anyway, in spite of the of the you know uncertain baby situation, probably because of it. <laughs> anyway, Popeye is now entered into along with some other characters like Nancy, the cartoon character, which I used to read every day. Nancy, but Popeye has now been rebooted and is sort of stripped away. He's younger than he used to be. He apparently is a little more environmental. He's not an old what guy. What do you mean he's environmental? Okay, uh, here's the reboot what, of Popeye. But he's in a sailboat instead of a motorboat? Uh, the shorts, new shorts, and a new series of comic strips will begin in 2019 were created to celebrate Popeye's 90th birthday. In the animated series, Popeye's being recast as a more youthful, environmentally resourceful fellow who lives in a washed-ashore houseboat collects rainwater, and grows his own spinach. Oh, my gosh. Uh, He's younger, but you can't tell how old he is, says C.J. Kettler, the president of King Features, which has syndicated Popeye for many, many years. He's not an old guy. He's not a young guy. He's somewhere in between. And he is an organic farmer. Could be. Uh, She added that he's still tough and fit and resilient and a champion of the underdog. So there's now a clean-shaven Bluto. Bluto is like sort of the nemesis. He, he always would uh, try to, you know, run after olive oil. But instead of uh, his trying to steal um, Popeye's spinach, he uh, he's trying to now steal the, the spinach and is less interested in olive oil. So they've taken away that little love triangle. Um, okay, what about – can we get back to the baby? Uh, the is the baby going to show up? Baby. What are you reading from, by the way? I'm sorry. I'm reading from the New York Times. Okay. Uh, Did the New York Times New York mention Times. the baby? They do not. Let me mm-hmm. see. Nope. I mean, is he supporting his friend in her unwed pregnancy? Or is it, you know, some kind of relationship that they've decided not to cement by traditional means? No. Nope. Um, right. Hard to say. I guess we'll have to wait till 2019 to reboot and see if uh, Sweet Pea was the name of the baby. I'm glad that I remembered that name. I'm and very the, glad. And the baby and the dog, Jeep, who was in nondescript. He wasn't quite sure if it was a dog or a, it was some kind of weird thing. They weren't in a car? Right. They may have been, okay. but mostly they were on, you know, on the ocean. All right. So his big thing was the spinach. 
Yeah. Did he? That's Bl- what made him strong. Bluto would come in and beat him up, and Popeye would say, "No, no, no, you know." And then all of a sudden, under duress, while he was in in turmoil, Popeye would reach into his pocket and pull out a can of spinach, and some through other means used a can opener. Usually, he used his pipe and used like that as an acetylene torch or a can opener. He opened the can, spinach popped it into his mouth as soon as he did. Those little skinny Popeye arms. Boom! So was this, super a, was this supported by like the spinach lobby or something? It should have been because they made a lot of kids want their spinach. I, used to, mm. I remember being a kid and eating my spinach thinking that I myself was Popeye. I did. I so wish I could have known you then. Yeah, well. All right, so speak, like speaking them. of food, this is something interesting from today's Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. Um, how much do you like tuna? Oh, I like tuna. I probably eat tuna weekly. Okay, I Tuna, if if I'm coming up with any sandwich, mm-hmm. tuna leads the list and there's not even a close second. A tuna salad sandwich. Yes, I love tuna, but I, like I love tuna. tuna steak. Oh, yeah. I love canned tuna. There's no kind of tuna I don't like. I agree. Yeah. How about the fancy tuna and the olive oil, the imported stuff? That's very nice. Are you kidding me? What's your favorite, like, sort of off the shelf? Like, I would like, I would eat, like, bumblebee. I remember when I was, like, later on, like, living by myself and I found white albacore. I thought, oh, I'm an adult now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I- <laughs> I'm eating the albacore, yeah, the white mm-hmm. albacore, and uh, it's not going to be in the um, the olive oil. It'll be in water because okay. I'm being healthy as right. well. Right, good for you. Now I do like the packets. I do. Now here's why. They're in my office. Do you have packets? I do. Okay, the reason I like the packets. Tell me if you agree. Is that when you make tuna salad, it's hard to drain out mm-hmm. sufficiently all right. the water. Right. Okay, so your tuna salad gets a little soppy. Well, well I don't, no. I don't like that. Don't you take? Okay, you put it in the bowl, right? And then you see the water collect. Then you just drain the bowl. Yeah, but it's still too much. A little bit. Yeah, I don't. I, but don't you like? To, what's your what's your mayonnaise ratio? Well, here's the thing: if the tuna is dry enough, you don't have to use much mayonnaise. I like a little soppy uh, mayonnaise. Oh, thing. I do. I like. Well, the, I think maybe that's a, you're getting a little out of control there. No, I feel fine about it. Do you put uh, onion or celery on it? I would like celery all the time, a hundred percent of the mm-hmm. time. I would also like dill pickle juice put in there. I'll do that. How about some mustard? Fine. Some Dijon mustard. Good with that. Salt and pepper. Sure. Yeah. How about some fresh parsley? Egg. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tuna. Okay, how, so, how about on top of a fresh tomato? Oh, lovely. You don't even have to have yeah, like bread fine. for that. Usually what about, I just have Triscuits. What about the combination of Swiss cheese and uh, tuna? Oh, holy smokes. Now you're like into a whole other zip oh code. Oh my God, listen. It's All of so, a sudden you're okay. like jangling Okay, but wait, you hear this. Wait, you hear this. Canned tuna, which is a lunchbox staple from the 20th century, mm-hmm. apparently fighting to keep its spot in American cupboards. What? Yeah. Tuna companies like Starkist and Bumblebee and Chicken of the Sea International yep. are trying to reboot... A flagging demand for tuna fish. What? what? It's, Listen, people don't want to... I can't believe... People, they, the they call it a shrinking market. Okay? Really? The traditional tuna makers are facing problems that have plagued other providers of packaged foods such as soup. Canned tuna is struggling to connect with younger generations who favor fresher, less processed options. Okay, now here's the thing. Oh, come on. Now, okay, so to Burger King. Of course I would rather have a tuna steak if I had... But if I'm bringing something in my lunch, am I going to put a tuna steak in my lunch? No, of course no, not. No, you're going to get some canned well, tuna. You're going to well, make yourself some tuna salad. Tuna is a lunch on a budget. It is. It's very economical. Don't you like a tuna melt? I love a tuna. Oh, I love a tuna. Though I'd a rather, nice cheddar cheese. I'd rather have tuna cold, though. No, I would. A tuna melt, like under the broiler? Yeah. Oh, that's really yeah, good. I would like, really tuna? rather have it cold. How about the band hot tuna? I don't know that band. What? I feel badly about it. Hot tuna. The big three tuna companies together still command 80% of the sales, but the overall industry has shrunk significantly. And guess why? Huh. In a country focused on convenience, canned tuna isn't cutting it. 
Okay. Convenience? Yeah. It's it, in a bag. In, I'm reading it again. In a country focused on convenience, canned tuna isn't cutting it with consumers. Many can't be bothered to open it and drain it. <laughs> oh, heaven help or, us. Or fetch utensils and dishes oh, to eat it. That's too much. That's too hard. A lot of millennials, apparently, says Andy Mex, VP of Marketing and Innovation for <sighs> the Pittsburgh-based Starkist Group. A lot of millennials don't even own can openers. Mike, new Mike, you are a millennial, yes? Yes. Do Please you tell me. own a can opener? I own two. Thank you. An electric version? No. Okay, I don't have one. Is it too much for no, you much to open a, a can and drain it? Do you feel like that's Absolutely too taxing? Absolutely not. People need it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. How about, uh, so speaking of tuna, what about uh, Underwood deviled ham? It's kind of the same sort of, you know, mojo. I don't like that. I don't either. That see that's too close to spam. I think so too. And that seems weird. Although I was looking in the kitchen cupboard the other day, you know, you ever do that? Like you sort of do a deep dive. I mean, especially for a guy, it's kind of like, oh, look at what's in here. You know, there's some bullion cubes, some beef, bo- whatever. There's some kind of weird stuff back in there. Mm. You know what I found? I found a can of sardines. Oh yeah. I ate them. Oh yeah, my husband eats sardines all the time. I like that. Yes, I think a sardine is delicious. Mike, have you ever had a sardine? I've never. What? Yeah. Well, now that doesn't surprise me because a lot of people don't eat sardines now. Really? I mean, well, they're, they, they're, they're, what, are they, what are they? They're super high in sodium, right? I don't know. They tasted good. They they come in oil, and the old school like I would never do this mustard. So what technically is it? Is it just is it just raw it's a, fish? It's, it's a little fish. tiny fish. No, it's not raw. Oh, no, no, they're smoked. But they're good. Oh, okay, they're very strong. They're like anchovy strong. Not that strong. You cut the head off. I mean, the heads are already cut off. Then you open them up, take the little spine thing out, but you could eat with the spine thing in it if you wanted to. And then just, you know, chop them down. You lost me chopping the head off. No, no, the head's already been chopped off for your convenience. The spot, removing the spine thing does sound like a yeah. lot. Have you do, do you do that? No. Do you, what? I mean, I don't think I've had a sardine since I was five. You know, that's a, it's a Hall family tradition. Uh, it's apparently it's part of the Maloney good luck thing that we have to have sardines on New Year's Eve. Huh. Along with the money bag outside on the porch. I'm just saying, all those things you do, just know. upholding the family traditions, eat the tuna, all in a can opener, be an adult. Ask any mermaid you happen to see, what's the best tuna chicken of the sea? How do you celebrate faith, family, and fun? How about on eight wheels? Word FM Skate Nights are coming to Neville Rollerdrome beginning Monday, December 3rd. Join host Kenny Woods every first Monday of the month and enjoy your favorite CCM hits with prizes and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could even win a free skate night for your family. Admission is $7. Skate rental, just three more. Details at SkateNRD.com. Word FM Skate Nights at Neville Rollerdrome at SkateNRD.com. This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The new reports say that the rates might be going down. The government projects the cost of Medicare plans will decrease this year. So you have to ask, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service to help folks maximize their Medicare benefits and save money. The enrollment period for Medicare has already started. What is it people need to keep in mind? Enrollment in the right plan is not automatic. With so many Medicare options, it can be confusing. My advice, don't go it alone. Get unbiased help 
to find a plan that may cost less and cover more with lower co-payments, more choices like dental and vision, and the freedom to choose your doctors. It's important to act now. Our Health Markets Medicare service is free. Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. The deadline for enrollment is just days away, so you need to act now. Call 800-735-8803-800-735-8803-800-735-8803. Does Christian education mean less opportunity for your child in areas like the arts? At Trinity Christian School, it actually means more. With two theatrical productions each year and a musical every other year, plus choir and band starting in fourth and fifth grade, led by accomplished teachers like David Minifield of Saltworks Theater and band director Joe Petron of the McKeesport Symphony and Duquesne University. Opportunity awaits at Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. If you had to replace everything in your fridge today, how much would it cost? For a restaurant or church, that could mean thousands in lost product and downtime. That's when you call Ventec Refrigeration. When your walk-in goes down, Ventec will be there on the spot fast with portable units to save valuable product. And they'll even move it for you while repairs are made with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Keep your cool with Ventec Refrigeration. 412-793-0661. Hey, welcome back. We're watching the uh, the procession as George Bush's body is carried into the Capitol Rotunda. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. George H.W. Bush's body. Now, the son is standing at the top of the stairs along with a crowd of people. His wife as and his daughters. Dusk has come upon Washington, D.C. There's a, a, a band, a military band playing outside. It's just beautiful. It is. And you can see... Uh, the son clearly standing next to his wife in distress, deeply emotional moment here for the country. That's a pro-life moment. Yep. Because life matters and there is dignity within all this. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Say, uh, speaking of pro-life and service to country, there was another death, a uh, military death. Army Sergeant Jason Mitchell McClary, 24 of export, died from wounds that were sustained from an IED in Afghanistan. That also included that was the same attack in Afghanistan last week. Air Force Staff Sergeant Dylan Eklund of Raccoon Township, he died in the blast Mm -hmm. as well, uh, in service of this great country of ours. Whether you're the president of the United States or you're two members of the military who lost your life in service of this Mm -hmm. great country. Thank you for your service. We just watched the procession go in inside now to the rotunda. It's made me think over the last couple of weeks um, about this label we put on the abortion debate, you know, pro-life and pro-choice. Mm-hmm. In the past, because I've had so much to do with the issue, I've often labeled people that way. Well, I'm pro-life or that person's pro-choice. But, you know, I've realized in thinking about it, some things that I've seen over the last month or so, that there's a lot of different ways that people are pro-life. How do you mean? 
Well, I think like honoring a person like this, George H.W. Bush, I know he was president, but if you look at John McCain, you look at Billy Graham, we, our country, the humanity that's represented here, we recognize the importance of life. Yes. We recognize the importance of life. And so I think for those of us who are on the uh, anti-abortion side, I think we should be careful with throwing around a cho- a label, someone else saying, oh, you're not pro-life. Well, you know what? Maybe they don't have a full-throated understanding of what it means to be pro-life, but maybe we don't either. I don't know. It's a challenge to all of us. It's not – I think being pro-life is not just One about – fits all. It's not just about the abortion debate. It's about how we honor people, how we honor their lives, how we encourage their lives and um, how, how we, we intersect and how we intersect how we treat one another I agree yeah and if there's anger in our discourse if there is if we have as I said earlier an acerbic attitude towards people we don't agree with how pro-life are we really sharing the word that changes the world 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh a service of Salem Media Group With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Former President George H.W. Bush's body has arrived back in Washington for final services in the nation's capital. A military band playing as the body of the late President George H.W. Bush arrives at Joint Base Andrews outside of Washington. At this hour, a private service is scheduled for members of Congress, during which Mr. Bush will be eulogized by the Senate and House Republican leaders, as well as Vice President Mike Pence. Following that, the body will then lie in state in the Capitol Rotunda through Wednesday morning for the public to pay its respects. An official state funeral will be held at the National Cathedral on Wednesday, which the president has designated as a national day of mourning. Correspondent Wally Hines reporting. On Wall Street, the Dow by 288 points. The Nasdaq rose 111, the S&P up 30, oil up 202 to 52.95 a barrel. This SRN News. The IRS finally caught up with Louie. I hadn't paid my taxes in eight years. I owed the IRS a lot of money. Louie was in deep trouble. We're going to take your house, put a lien on your bank account, uh, garnish your pay. They don't care. They're going to take your paycheck. Louie found out about Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over a half billion dollars for their clients. Optima Tax, they helped me. They calmed me down. They made me feel comfortable, and I trust them. Louie has a lot to be thankful for. I don't owe the IRS anymore, and I'm able to live a comfortable life, a lot better life. It was because of Optima Tax. For tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Take it from Louie. If you owe the IRS, don't go it alone. Give Optima Tax a call. They can help you. Call 800-748-5713. 800-748-5713. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with my pillow, you can enjoy the most wonderful sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and I've been enjoying a great night's sleep for years thanks to my pillow. And believe it or not, it's still in as good a shape as it was when I took it out of the box. That's because Mike Lindell, creator of MyPillow, made it machine washable and dryable, and his patented interlocking fill guarantees it will never lose its shape. 
If you've never tried my pillow, now's the perfect time with Mike's Holiday 4-Pack Special. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention promo code WORD and get two my pillows plus two go anywhere pillows for one low price. Exclusive for this offer, you'll get free holiday shipping and they're even extending their money back guarantee on the 4-Pack through March 1st of 2019. Plus, it comes with a 10-year warranty. Mention promo code WORD when you call 1-800-961-9207 or enter it when you visit MyPillow.com today. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. It's me, the kid who's saying, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yeah, I grew up, got my teeth. Turns out, not super impressive. What I really should have sang was, All I want for Christmas is to go to Fun for All Family Fun Park's Holiday Lights Mini Golf. They turn 36 holes of award-winning miniature golf into a Holiday Lights extravaganza like no other. From 5 to 10 p.m. November 16th through January 2nd, it's the most fantastic way to have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Still got it. Learn more at funforall.com backslash holiday lights. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. Rain will end as a bit of snow this evening with uh, no snow accumulation expected, but watch for slippery spots as temperatures do drop below freezing. We'll drop down to a low of 28 tonight under a cloudy sky. Mainly cloudy and cold tomorrow, high 35. Bit of snow late tomorrow night that can leave a coating to an inch of accumulation, low 26. And then a cloudy and cold day Wednesday with a snow shower, high 32. I'm Acura with the meteorologist Brian Thompson on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for being with us on the Monday edition of The Ride Home. During the uh, top of the hour commercial break, Kathy and I were sitting in studio. We're watching as George H.W. Bush's casket is brought into the uh, rotunda, the Washington Capitol. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely beautiful in its... It's order and symmetry and respect for a fallen hero of American democracy. If there's one thing that America does well, it's when we are honoring someone who we believe has been a hero. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many believe that he was a hero. I mean, he was a president of the United States, but he's also a beloved president of the United States. Um, and so it's not like his treatment would change based on his belovedness, but certainly the tenor of the conversation around him, don't you think? Without Completely altered by the kind of man he was. Yes, no doubt at all. I mean, you think about as a young man, his service to World War II for the nation, mm-hmm. and then from that, you know, a business career, and then later on, four decades in the public eye in politics. In Congress, uh, he was an ambassador to the UN, he was the head of the CIA. He was the vice president, yeah, and he was president. That's some heavy-duty work. It is heavy-duty work. Can you imagine being the head of the CIA and then moving to the vice presidency, which is, I'm sure, ceremonial to many degrees, unless it, you know, you're Dick Cheney, 
uh, you define your terms as the vice president, but most likely pretty much ceremonial. But the head of the CIA to the vice presidency to the presidency. And then, of course, uh, the the, uh, the misstep of no new taxes. Kath, you said this. Read my lips. That's what yep. he said. He's, you know, I just heard him talk maybe a decade ago saying that he's just always regretted that. Right. Always regretted and that. And then, of course, you see, you know, the young upstart president, uh, Bill Clinton, playing a saxophone on Arsenio Hall. And for a new generation, that was deeply compelling. Yep. So out with the old. And you had Ross new. Perot in there mixing it up. Yeah. The 19% that Ross Perot won in that election really was the deciding factor in many ways. Yeah. It, but, of course, that's that's history. It is what it is. But, but you, in you, how many people have looked at the letter that he wrote upon being defeated by Bill Clinton? You know, he wrote that. He left it on the uh, desk in the Oval Office, apparently. And he, I don't care what you've lost, whether it's a it's a, you know, a baseball game on a Tuesday or it's an election for president. I can't imagine being that gracious as he was in that letter. It's just what character that shows. What's interesting is that throughout the day on the social media platforms, I bet you I read, I don't know, 10 or 11 different people who, who showed letters or note cards of an exchange that they had with President Bush. Yeah. Right. I you saw know, that, too. One of them were like someone said, oh, yeah. I was in an airplane and President Bush and his entourage, they were flying southwest. This will tell you something about the guy. They're flying southwest along with his Secret Service group. The person wrote down a little note and said, President, I'm on the flight here with you. Thanks so much for your kindness. A short while later, the stewardess came back up the aisle, handed the man who wrote the note another note from the president saying, thank you for your thanks. It's been a great honor to do this. And that, that alone shows you something. A simple gesture, but it's a powerful gesture all the well. Wendy Alsop, who's been a guest on our show a couple times, oh, yeah. she wrote a letter to uh, George W. because some, she had read some article about how they had observed Thanksgiving, he and his family, and it really inspired her. And she started to, to do a similar thing with her family. And so she just sent him a note saying, hey, thanks for talking about that because I would have never thought about that. Nice. Didn't H.W. send her a note back Yeah. saying, hey, Wendy, I'm so glad that that's been, you know, helpful for you because you know family's where it's at and so glad you recognize that and so glad you took the time to write me a note that's cool well no man is perfect right we know that but of course uh, how you work with other people as you said Kath, in that pro-life perspective yeah and how you that means everything. and how you deal with defeat i mean if the, we talked about this so much especially when the kavanaugh hearings were at the forefront of our news we all all of us we need to learn how to lose we're so intransigent when we've lost. We're so outraged. Like, no, there's no possible way we could have lost. There has to be, you know, voter suppression or there has to be nefarious forces at work or there has to be that or there has to be. I mean, we're just so ungracious. I just blame it on the refs. Always on the refs. Listen. Okay. Oh, here we go. It was the fault of the refs. Oh, here we People. go. People. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People. Yeah. Hey, Listen, wh- you know that they jumped <laughs> off sides. You know that shouldn't have been a touchdown. You saw that with your own eyes. You didn't even need a replay. Oh, my. What oh, were my. the people doing who were in the black and white standing there? Yeah, it was. But uh, the interception was the interception. Right? There wasn't a ref involved there. No. Okay, but forget there the interception. No, no, no. We can't. What about, no, no, no. no what that, about that the three points. plays at the end? How, mm-hmm. Ramon Foster for holding. I don't think he's gotten a holding call in like, yeah. what, two there years? There we go. I went from the presidency to the refs Listen. in like just a short order. Holy smokes. 
Holy smokes. I didn't say graciousness is supposed to extend into sports, John. <laughs> hey, uh, before we do We exit, were ripped off in that game. Yeah, whatever. We were ripped off just like last year yep. that Jesse James touchdown. Listen. We should have beaten the Patriots last night. I'm telling you, Amen. we should have beaten the Chargers. We should have. but Who were they, supposed to be in San Diego. We did And it's not. messing me up that they're in Los Angeles. Did the Steelers not deserve to lose that game? No! The Steelers did not deserve sorry, to sorry. lose last night's game. They did not play well. They were two different teams. They deserved First to half lose last to week's second game. Half. They did not deserve to lose that last second night's half. Game. Was abysmal. I'm saying, listen, I'm not saying it was a great game, but I'm saying that the officials took the game away from the players. I will, yeah, I will not uh, not argue that. So you I'll give you that. This up. All right, sorry. All right, hey, I do want to mention Sully, who is the beautifully trained Golden Lab from America's Vet Dogs, which is a nonprofit organization in New York, and that organization gave Sully to. Uh, former President George H.W. Bush in his final months. And uh, we just learned today that that dog, you've seen the beautiful photograph of the dog sitting in front of the casket. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just breaks your heart. Very it touching. makes you love, love the bond between animals and humans. But we found out today that uh, that dog will go on to help other wounded soldiers. Very nice. Yeah. Sully. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, service to country, we would be remiss if we did not say that uh, we want to mark and honor the lives of Army Sergeant Jason Mitchell McClary, 24 of export, who died in Germany from wounds sustained November 27th. His vehicle struck an IED in the Andar district of the Ghazi province. Three other service members uh, also passed away, including Air Force Staff Sergeant Dylan Eklund of Raccoon Township. So two local servicemen, Dylan Eklund of Raccoon Township and Sergeant Jason McCleary of Export, have passed away. Mm-hmm. So we want to honor them and say their, say their names mm-hmm. and um, ultimate sacrifice. prayers for their families as they go through this very difficult, very difficult time. We'll take a break. We have been a long time without our good friend Jerry Boyer, who will join us in just a few minutes. Christmas and economics. How does that work? Stay with us, please. 101.5 WORD. With James McDonald and Walk in the Word. If you're wanting to see God work powerfully in your life, go for the breakthrough prayer. Learn how to persist in prayer and not lose heart as we meet with God every day for 40 days. With these teachings from James McDonald, discover the secret to prayer and what it means to have authentic faith as we continue this listener favorite series called Breakthrough Prayer this week on Walk in the Word. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on 101.5 WORD. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more because you have choices nearby and you'll find them on the map at pittsburghchristianschools.net, pittsburghchristianschools.net. 
If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's OnePlace. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage because open enrollment is ending December 7th, so you've got some important decisions to make. We all know Medicare is confusing, but Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know that you have questions and they've got the answers that you're looking for. So before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold PAT for next year? Has your Advantage plan changed terms? What premiums are going up next year and by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or should you drop it altogether? So don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but on quality with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. So why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Downtown Irwin celebrates your sweet tooth. It's the annual Christmas Cookie Tour. This Friday, come to Main Street. Enjoy cookie samples, horse-drawn carriage rides, and see Santa at the Cheesecake Cafe. This Friday, discover Irwin, the biggest small town in Pennsylvania. Hey, Lisa, I've been seeing those pics you post of you and your family at all those fun events. What gives? Oh, Vet Ticks. What's Vet Ticks? Vet Ticks is an amazing charity that gives free event tickets, like concerts, sporting events, and shows, to currently serving military vets and their families, and to the immediate families of troops killed in action we have extra tickets sometimes can i donate them yes just go to vettix.org you can give your extra tickets and other vets like me can sign up to get them what a great way to give back and listen thank you for your service now the gospel is preeminently a spiritual message revealing the only way that sinful man can obtain everlasting life through faith in christ but is there an economic view to the gospel Jerry Boyer is with us. Jerry is editor of Town Hall Finance. He is a fairly regular guest on our show. Jerry, it's been a while. Happy that you're with us. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Real good, thanks. Always happy you're with us. All right, Jerry. So I never thought of there being an economic message in Luke chapter 1. So tell me about it. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got a couple of things going on in the nativity stories, right? You have the um, the Magnificat by Mary, and then you you have the birth in Bethlehem, etc. And... I think what we we kind of come to this not expecting an economic message because we've imbibed the idea that spiritual and economic are different categories um, that they're conflicting categories. But spiritual is about our orientation towards God, um, and being spiritual affects every area of life. So spirituality is not a part of life. Spirituality is an orientation in life, in every aspect of your life. So you can be spiritual in your economic life, and you can be spiritual in your family life, and you can be spiritual in your political life, and you can be spiritual in your business life, and all the rest of it. So I think, you know, the Bible doesn't look at spirituality and economics as different topics. Um, And I think one piece of proof of that is that when God appears, or actually Gabriel, um, um, speaking for God, appears to Mary the future mother of Jesus, he tells her that she's going to bear Jesus and that he's going to save his people Israel. And how does she respond to that? 
See, this is the really interesting thing. One of the things I like to do when I study the Bible is see how people respond to things, because how they respond to things tells us how they think. And since they're the ones there, how they think is really relevant information to us. So if Jesus comes and says, baptize me, John the baptizer, and John's reaction to that is, oh, behold the Lamb of God, then it really gives us an idea of John the Baptist's mindset, or baptizer, whatever you want to call him, mindset, in that something about what Jesus said to him implies to John that he's the Lamb of God. Um, and so something about what the angel said to Mary, or Miriam, um, had a certain implication for her. Whether she's right or wrong isn't the main point, um, but she is the, she's a person of that time. So what she thinks it means is um, gives us a pretty good clue as to what it means then. It's a way to kind of get ourselves into the mindset of the people to whom this is happening. And what she doesn't say, she doesn't do much of a theological treatise. She doesn't say, oh, that's really interesting, um, so I'm going to, there's going to be an incarnation, um, and um, my child is going to have the essence of God, but he'll have two persons gathered together in a hypostasis, a hypostatic union. Now, all of those things are true. I'm an Orthodox Christian. Um, all those philosophical ideas or abstract ideas of systematic theology, I certainly agree with them. But the fact that her first reaction is, oh, you have chosen a woman who's descended from David who lives in Galilee and is of the artisan class um, in order to bear your Messiah. What does that mean for her? What it means is she, that, oh, clearly you're going to do mighty deeds. Uh, you're keeping your promise. You're going to scatter those who are proud in the thoughts of their hearts. You're going to bring down the rulers from their thrones. You're going to exalt the humble. You're going to fill the hungry with good, and you're going to send away the, the rich empty-handed. Now, very few theologians would respond that way. Very few professional academic theologians would say, oh, well, if Jesus, if God's going to incarnate, that must mean that there's going to be political change and one that involves um, sending away the ruling class hungry and taking the non-ruling class and filling them with food. Very few people would think of it as political or economic. The problem is, Mary did, and she's a lot closer to it than we are, so her interpretation of this has to carry a lot of weight with us. So... Uh so explain then how you're saying if if people like us who are steeped in current Western politics were to look at what the angel Gabriel said, um, we, how is what Mary saw different than what we would see, or what Mary heard different than what we would hear? Well, first of all, it wouldn't well, be direct. Wouldn't have, first of all, it wouldn't be directed to us. I get that, but I'm just saying, yeah, you know, I, looking at looking at the message itself. I'm not emphasizing how it's different from us. Um, I'm emphasizing how it's different from a lot of academic theology. Mm. Um, it is different from us in that we, in the sense, we don't know the stock responses. We've talked about this before. Modern Americans don't know how Nazareth is different from, you know, from uh, Bethsaida, and how Bethsaida is different from Jerusalem, and how they're different from Bethany, and how they're different from Jericho. We don't really have a great sense of how Galilee is different from Judea, so we don't know the stock responses. So if we had a story where God appeared to someone in Appalachia and said to a woman who's in a trailer park um, that she's going to bear the Messiah, we would get those references. And we wouldn't miss the politics and economics of it. We, we wouldn't miss that, right? If, if, I could, if we never had a Messiah and then God came down and here's a woman in a trailer park in the Appalachian Mountains <coughs> um, and she's going to bear the Messiah, 
we would all get that there is something going on here which is partly social, partly religious and partly mm. part social, because we know those names, we know what Appalachia represents, etc. But because we don't know the place names, we don't, we don't have the vocabulary of that time, then we're less likely to see that the message is not just abstract theology, but also economics and social. Hmm. Okay, so if, the, if there is an economic and social reality that Mary is acknowledging, because that's the world that she lived in, what was it? Yeah, the world that she's living in, and she, she gets it. She's got an interpretation that if God is appearing to her and saying, you are going to bear the Messiah, then she interprets that as having tremendous economic and political implications for her day. And if you read the Magnificat, which is the name that we give to this little song that Mary sings, or this little chant um, that she chants, um, it's a poem, but in the ancient world, you chanted poems. So they didn't really have a distinction between song and poem that we do. We recite poems, but we sing songs. In the ancient world, they chanted both. So she, she gets this, and something happens to her, and she interprets it as saying, well, if I'm going to bear the Messiah, if I'm going to bear Jesus, who's going to save his people, then clearly there's going to be a reversal of fortune in which the ruling class who are now wealthy and are proud and powerful are going to be sent away empty and mm-hmm. deposed from their thrones, um, and in which the humble um, and those of lesser social status will be exalted. Um, I, I can't think of one professional theologian in a hundred who would think of it that way, but she thought of it that way. And I would argue that this Magnificat is actually it's an inspired oracle like the Psalms. You don't have to believe that. I mean, I think that, she's, that, this, is, that this is authoritative. But even if you don't think it's authoritative, it certainly is a glimpse into what it would have meant to the people at the time that God incarnated in the son of a Davidic um, dynasty that was out of power in an artisan class in Galilee, which is sort of at the edge of ancient Israel. It would have implied some kind of political or economic social revolution not necessarily a violent social revolution. Jesus brought a nonviolent revolution, but it still is more than just something that's happened. Mary doesn't say, oh, okay, so from now on, people are going to feel differently in their hearts. She's saying, mm-hmm. oh. Right, yeah, that's on, a good point, right. Right, okay, right? so, okay, so, but when we look at Jesus' life and we see him when he's weeping over Jerusalem, he's not weeping, he doesn't say he's weeping over the economic injustices of Jerusalem. He says he's weeping because they're like sheep without a shepherd. So, do you think that in Jesus' life he he also recognized? I mean, he was steeped in those economic realities. I recognize that, but is there anything in what Jesus said which would lead us to that same conclusion? There's a there's a tremendous amount in what Jesus said that would lead us to that conclusion. I've I've written maybe two dozen articles on the topic. Jesus is making e- economic commentary throughout the Gospels, whether it's you know how he talks about wealth up in Galilee versus how he talks about wealth in Judea whether it's confrontation with the rich young ruler, confrontation with the Zacchaeus, confrontation with the money changers. Jesus is constantly interacting with economic themes. But we have blinded ourselves to those economic themes, uh, Mm. because we don't know how Bethsaida and Jericho are different from Jerusalem, and how Jerusalem's different from uh, Nazareth, and how they're different from Sepphoris. So we just, we make it all personal, because we have trouble understanding the social dimensions, not because they're not there, but because we don't know enough to know when they are there. Mm-hmm. So if, I, if, if, if God came to Pittsburgh and started talking about, about, about people's lives, and he says, well, you need to be strong like steel, 
we wouldn't we would recognize that that's not an accident right we'd recognize that jesus you know here in pittsburgh knows the economic basis of the city or the historic economic basis of the city so if god went to wisconsin and he's talking to someone in overalls or if god goes to uh, wall street and he's talking to someone in a four thousand dollar suit driving a lamborghini we would get that mm-hmm. right? we'd know who he's talking to all that stuff is going on in the gospels whether it's fishermen or tax collectors but we don't get the, the sort of the economic background, so we don't get that there is an economic dimension to this story. Um, and I've been arguing that there's an economic dimension to this story, but I noticed basically in my devotional reading that that doesn't start with Jesus' stories. That starts with his mother, that his mother interpreted the coming of the Messiah in terms that were both religious, political, psychological, social, mm-hmm. and economic, and that that helps us understand why Jesus does the same thing. In fact, later in the Sermon on the Plain, essentially quotes his mother, Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be mm-hmm. satisfied. Whereas his mother said, He has filled the, the hungry with good things. Um, well, both of you who are rich, uh, well fed now, for you shall be hungry. Well, his mother said um, that he has brought down the rules from the thrones and sent away the wealthy empty. So apparently Mary had some influence on the thinking of her son because he continues her themes in the beginning of his ministry. Jerry Boyer is with us. Jerry is the editor of Town Hall Finance. So, Jerry, as Gabriel comes upon Mary, you would think that, you know, if she was the single mom uh, alone in the trailer in Appalachia, that her first response would be, a baby, I can barely care for myself, let alone a baby. I don't have the resources to do that. But Mary did not speak of that at all. No, she didn't, because she's, she's God-focused and other-focused. Uh, and I should say, I gave that example of a single mother in a trailer park in Appalachia to sort of, as an illustration of a point. Sure. I don't think that's what she was. Um, Nazareth was not Appalachia. Nazareth was a fairly prosperous community, not highly wealthy, but a fairly prosperous community on the way up. So the, the class that they're from, I think we would consider, you know, plumbers, electricians, this is an artisan class. Um, uh, Joseph was an artisan. He was a tecton, a skilled carpenter. Skilled carpenters were highly in demand. So this is this, this is not they're not poor. Um, I mean, they're just starting off in life when they're married. So a lot of people are you know you know they're not that well off when they start. But they're not from poverty. They're from what we might call the middling classes. I see. Um, and how do we know that? I mean, someone can read. I've written maybe three or four articles on this for Town Hall Finance. The, and we know we know a lot about the archaeology of, of Nazareth. We know a lot about the archaeology of Sepphoris, which was near Nazareth, and we know a lot about the archaeology of artisan class. So this would be an aspirational class. So it doesn't imply poverty. And I don't think this is a sort of a socialist revolution that she's talking about either. Um, all I'm saying is that if you know the economics and the geography of the time, other meanings pop out which, because that's not part of our preaching and theological tradition for the most part, we simply default to the heart and afterlife Mm -hmm. dimensions of the Gospel, which are very important. The Gospel talks about everything, which includes my heart, and it includes my eternal destiny. But it's not exclusively those things. Every other dimension of human life is addressed in the Gospels, but we're not attuned to the economics, partly because we don't have the knowledge, and partly because the church conversation tends to deride the economic conversation as unspiritual. The problem is Jesus talked about money more than he talked about anything else, um, other than, say, the kingdom of God. It was a constant theme for Jesus. Uh, so it obviously was important to him. If it's important to him, 
it should be important to us. From Town Hall, townhall.com, Jerry Boyer is with us talking about the economics of Christmas. We need to step away for just a few minutes, but stay with us. Jerry Boyer will be with us when we come back. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. This is Pastor Ben Kendra of Hillside Christian Community in Carnegie. Join us this Christmas Eve for our family-friendly contemporary candlelight service at 6.30 p.m. and worship the amazing God who took on human flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. Visit hillsidechristiancommunity.org. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight. Castle Toys and Games in Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened. And may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone in your whole family around the table. Warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games, your local independent toy store serving area families since 2005. In Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com. Just pay half. Pittsburgh.com is the best place to get great gifts for half price. Right now, get deals from Cine Roasted Almonds, Caliente Pizza and Draft House, Qdoba Mexican Grill, and many more. To have your business featured, send an email to customer service at justpayhalfpittsburgh.com. My oldest son had a really strong academic career in high school. And like a lot of kids, he didn't try that hard. It just kind of came to him. Not to say that he was lazy, but you know, it wasn't like something he had to work really hard at. However, When he went to Grove City College, quickly in that first semester, things started to fall apart for him. And the big thing was, he wasn't organized. Mm -hmm. Right, he wasn't ready for the next step. No. Yeah. Uh, Now, the good thing was, he confided in one of the teachers, one of the professors at Grove City, and all, all glory. I mean, the guy got him back on track, gave him a few tips, and helped him tremendously. So he rebounded from that poor first semester and made the second semester work. He's doing great now as he heads into his junior year. Okay, now you and I have never shared this before, but my daughter had a similar experience. It was in her very first uh, project, her very first long paper she had to turn in, and it was based on an album. Okay, it was a, it was a, a kind of a cultural artifact analysis. I see. And she submitted it and she called me crying. She felt so horrible about it. And I said, listen, the only thing you can do is go tomorrow morning, talk to your professor and just see what he says. Mm-hmm. So she got off the phone, you know, crying, thinking this is the end of her college career. Yeah. She shows up to the guy's office as she's walking down the hall to see him. She hears that he's playing the album. That she wrote about in her paper. <laughs> he didn't know she was coming. He just wanted to understand the artifact so well so that he could work with her. And her. 
once she heard that, she thought, I'll relax. Yeah, he's invested in this and I'm invested in this and he's going to help me work it out. And that's exactly what happened. I love this. Okay, so to be truthful here, clearly there's a difference what's going on at Grove City College. I mean, they're investing in my kid. I didn't know they had this conversation with your daughter. So I look at this at Grove City, they're a step above. There's something there that's going on that's different than a lot of universities. Yeah. So if you're looking for a group of faculty that's not just invested in their own academic advancement, but interested in your kid and your kid's maturity, consider Grove City College. Online? GCC.edu. Rain will end as a bit of snow this evening with uh, no snow accumulation expected, but watch for slippery spots as temperatures do drop below freezing. We'll drop down to a low of 28 tonight under a cloudy sky. Mainly cloudy and cold tomorrow, high 35. Bit of snow late tomorrow night that can leave a coating to an inch of accumulation, low 26. And then a cloudy and cold day Wednesday with a snow shower, high 32. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Brian Thompson on 101.5 Word FM. Town Hall Finance, Jerry Boyer is with us talking about the economics of Christmas. Jerry, you bring up a, a really good point that really hits home for me in uh, in speaking about the, the reading of the Magnificat, which is the response that Mary had to the angel Gabriel in Luke 1. And this is something that I have been battling for years in my own Bible reading. I don't know if it's because I grew up in the church, because I've read the Bible since I was so young, but I tend to read whatever part I'm reading as metaphorical. I mean, except the resurrection. I mean, I know the resurrection actually happened. So I guess it's not 100% across the board. But whenever I read a thing like the Magnificat, you know, it's talking about thrones and rulers and lifting up the poor and whatever. I tend to think that that is, that that's a metaphor for a spiritual change instead of thinking of it as the actual thing it's saying. Yeah, and you're right of thinking of it as a metaphor for spiritual change, but, but it's not just a metaphor for spiritual change. So Jesus speaks to both, um, to both areas. And I think something that's really helpful to, to help us see that is the Sermon on the Plain versus the Sermon on the Mount. Hmm. Um, because, I mean, this has been confusing to commentators sometimes, because the, these two accounts are not the same. Therefore, there's a tendency to say, well, they contradict one another. When the far more sensible answer is that they're different sermons, rather than contradictory sermons. Uh, so the Sermon on the Plain um, is in Luke's Gospel, and the Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew's Gospel, and they vary, and they vary specifically on all economic lines. So why do they vary? Well, again, this is one of these areas where you need to read the details very carefully. They're given to different people in different places. The Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' sort of universal speech. It's probably given in Galilee or near Galilee, so it's given up north, and it has a wide range of people from all around the country attending it. Um, the Sermon on the Plain is given in Judea, and the people who are listening to it, down in the capital region, and the people who are listening to it, we have them listed, are Judeans and probably visitors from Tyre and Sidon, who are essentially the bankers to Judea. Um, and in, 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 there are variations, so these variations are interesting, because we have blessed are the poor, as said down in Judea, and we have blessed are the poor in spirit, said up north to a more universal um, audience. So when he is down in the capital region, where the political ruling class lives, there's more class awareness, more economic class awareness. It's blessed are the poor. Um, blessed are the hungry. See, up in, up in uh, Galilee, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's more universal. In some sense, it's more spiritual. But when he goes down to Judea, which is sort of the height of economic exploitation by the ruling class, 
there is more kind of in-your-faceness to that sermon. Blessed are the poor, not blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, blessed are those who hunger, not blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Woe to you who are rich, he says down south. He doesn't say it up north. Um, up, no- up north, uh, he says, you are the salt of the earth. So he clearly had a kind of a stock speech. Most people who give speeches, or most pastors or rabbis, they go around and they have kind of a, a, a standard sermon, but he varied it based on where he is. Um, and the variations are economic variations, and they correspond with the degree to which you are near the center of economic exploitation and political corruption in and around Jerusalem, as opposed to up closer to Galilee, which is more of a decentralized economy, more entrepreneurial, less big government, less exploitation, less, you know, less of a ruling class that's essentially living off the sweat of other people's brows. So the gospel's not changing. The message of Jesus, of course, wasn't changing, but it can be expressed and understood in different ways, as is... What different nuances, maybe, is the best way to say it. Different nuances of it can be understood in different ways and expressed even as depending on who is speaking and the audience. Yeah, and you'll tend to confront what is the prevailing evil in a particular place. I speak all around the country, and I can tell you that um, I have a, when I speak in Seattle versus I, when I speak in Washington, D.C. or in New York, there are slight differences. Not because I'm contradicting myself but because you give the medicine according to the disease. Um, so what you have in Galilee are different issues. So there are social evils in Galilee. What are the social e- evils? Well, they're largely, say, bigotry against, um, against Gentiles, because up in Galilee they're bumping up against Gentiles more. It's Galilee of the Gentiles. So Jesus almost gets himself killed in Galilee, not for decrying economic exploitation. He doesn't say a word about economic exploitation in Galilee. Nowhere in the Gospels do you have Jesus in Galilee saying anything negative about wealth. Um, he does say some things about dealing with Gentiles, like he mentions the Elijah and the, um, and the Assyrian woman, and he mentions the healing of, of a leper you know, from Naaman of, of Syria, and that's a hot-button issue up there. So he hits their hot-button issue. He doesn't vary so to get himself out of trouble, Frankly, it's the other way around. He varies in a way that confronts. He's more confrontational with the audience that he's with. So he doesn't go down south and decry anti-Gentile bigotry. Because there weren't a lot of Gentiles down there, and that wasn't the prevailing issue. The prevailing issue was that the, pe- the temple elite was essentially ripping everybody else off. So he, he confronts the evil there. When he goes up north, um, when he's back home in Galilee, he confronts the evil of anti-Gentile bigotry. Um, both places, you know, want to kill him, and one place actually does kill him. Uh, so he's not varying his message in the sense that he's trying to get favor with men. He's varying his message in the sense that he speaks to the heart issue, including economic. Not heart issue as in just your heart, but the central issue in each region. So he's got a different message for Jericho than he does for Bethsaida versus Capernaum versus Bethany. He's always speaking, he knows where he is. He's, he's smart. He's not just perfect as the incarnate Son of God, he's also a well-informed man of his time, and he understands current events enough to speak in a way that is specifically tailored to each individual city that he's in. I see. So, Jerry, as we travel through Advent here, today's the first Monday of Advent, is there 
a, a way and or a reason to track along the Advent season and look at it as you earlier in the segment talked about, about the, the physical aspect, the spiritual, the psychological, and the economic story of Christ coming into the world? Yeah, and uh, first of all, you asked, is, should we track with Advent? Absolutely. I mean, there's maybe a billion Christians in the world who are tracking with Advent. There's no reason not to track with them. So it's useful to follow the Advent readings. Uh, and yes, what we should do is let God be everything God is, and let the Bible be everything the Bible is. Don't tell the Bible in advance what it's allowed to say to mm-hmm. you. Right. Don't tell the Bible that I will hear about inner peace and maybe family life, but I'm not willing to hear about politics, mm-hmm. war and peace, or any of the rest of it. Um, that's you as God, not God as God. Let, he, he speaks to anything that he wants to speak to. So let me, let me give you an example. Okay. Um, uh, we know the nativity takes place in Bethlehem, right? Bethlehem, the house of bread. Um, so there's an economy there. I mean, those people in Bethlehem, they ate, they lived, they had to do something for a living. What did they do? What's different about Bethlehem as opposed to Bethsaida, as opposed to Bethany, as opposed to Jericho? I mean, they had an economy, like Pittsburgh had steel, and Seattle has tech, and Silicon Valley has tech, and Washington, D.C. has government, um, you know, and finance in New York and Hollywood. You know, what was the industry in Bethlehem? The industry was, you're probably not surprised to hear, that it was shepherding. Mm. But this part you probably haven't heard. It wasn't just shepherding in general. Shepherding was looked down upon by the rabbis because sheep would tend to eat from somebody else's pasture. And so if you were a shepherd, you could not guarantee, according to the rabbis, that your sheep would not steal from somebody else. So the rabbis liked to impose not just rules, but hedges around rules. So they disapproved of the occupation of shepherd, not because it's inherently immoral, but because you can't be sure that your sheep won't graze from somebody else's pasture, uh, so therefore you shouldn't be a shepherd at all. Well, okay, but there's a problem, which you see right away, which is that you've got a temple system that essentially runs on sheep. You've got lambs that are sacrificed in the temple system. So they had to have a place where you were allowed to have sheep. Um, and so there was a place set up where shepherds could, without disapproval, raise sheep, which could then be exported and sold to Jerusalem as part of the temple system. That place was called Bethlehem. <laughs> the, 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 the industry of Bethlehem was to raise sheep that are religiously approved so they could be exported to Jerusalem to be made sacrifices. That is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. I never heard that. Okay, so you see, to me, when I, whenever I speak about this, there's a certain resistance to economics. I, I don't want to talk about it. That, to me, is like the case that usually gets people to think, oh, maybe the economics really do matter. Maybe there's really something going on here. So there was a tower called Migdal Adair, which the rabbis write about in the Mishnah, and that's the tower sort of at the edge of Bethlehem on the road towards Jerusalem, and that's, you, would, you could look over and see the sheep. They had to be inspected before they're sent to Jerusalem. So Jesus, the Lamb of God, was born in a town whose specialty industry, according to the Mishnah, which is not long after Jesus' time, so it's a recent memory, whose specialty industry was the production of lambs for the temple. No way. I that, I no way. I can't believe it. That's blowing my mind. And the rest of the Gospels are like that, too. Wow. The rest of the Gospels all have a dimension. The Bible's like a pop-up book for kids. When you open it up, it opens up through multiple dimensions. Um, and we shouldn't squash it down. We shouldn't say, no, 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 that's money. 
or no, 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 that's science, or no, 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 that's politics. I just want to hear about the afterlife and inner, and inner tranquility, um, because the, the Gospels are pretty clear that they're about, they're certainly about the afterlife, and they're about inner tranquility, but they're pretty clear that they're about other things as well. Fabulous. Our guest is Jerry Boyer, editor of Town Hall Finance. We need to step away. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. It's the Monday edition of The Ride Home. WORD. Your station for unlimited grace with Brian Chappell. If you think about the relationship with God and the relationship with spouse as being foundation building blocks, you're now ready to start moving forward to say, all right, what are the expectations? What are the actual responsibilities that are to be expressed in this parent-child relationship? Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell tomorrow afternoon at 1.30 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with my pillow, you can enjoy the most wonderful sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and I've been enjoying a great night's sleep for years thanks to my pillow. And believe it or not, it's still in as good a shape as it was when I took it out of the box. That's because Mike Lindell, creator of MyPillow, made it machine washable and dryable, and his patented interlocking fill guarantees it will never lose its shape. If you've never tried MyPillow, now's the perfect time with Mike's holiday four-pack special. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention promo code WORD and get two MyPillows plus two go-anywhere pillows for one low price. Exclusive for this offer, you'll get free holiday shipping, and they're even extending their money-back guarantee on the four-pack through March 1st of 2019. Plus, it comes with a 10-year warranty. Mention promo code WORD when you call 1-800-961-9207 or enter it when you visit MyPillow.com today. Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. How are you? Hey, take a big whiff. Mmm, can you smell it? The real hickory wood burning long and slow in our smokehouse to smoke our old-fashioned hickory smoked hams. Have you ever tried a Springhouse smoked ham? The meat is so tender it falls right off the bone when it comes out of the oven. And the taste, mm-mm, a taste of days gone by. A Springhouse hickory smoked ham makes a great corporate gift in a big Springhouse box with a big red bow on top. Or how about for all those sage folks that remember smoking their own hams as youngsters? Give us a call at 724-228-3339 to order your whole or half hickory smoked ham from the Springhouse. Or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And Merry Christmas from all of us at the Springhouse in 84 PA. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly. To protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Word FM knows what our fan club members really want for Christmas. One you're actually allowed to have. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. 
Don't shoot your eye out. Enter our fan club Christmas giveaway at wordfm.com now through December 18th for a chance at great prizes, including $100 gift cards to popular retailers and more, with multiple ways to increase your chance to win a gift for yourself or someone you love. The fan club Christmas giveaway at wordfm.com. Townhall.com, Jerry Boyer is with us. He's been talking about the economics of Christmas. Jer, um, we've been watching, I'm sure with a, a lot of America, what's happening in Washington, D.C. with George H.W. Bush at the Rotunda right now. It's it's an incredible story. Yeah, it really is. Um, and it's a kind of a moment of national unity, and we haven't had many of those lately. Um, and it's a kind of a reminder that we can, we're at least you know, psychologically capable of national unity. I don't expect it to keep, um, and I'm not a nostalgist. Mm-hmm. Um, right. In other words, I'm not saying, oh, let's go back to the olden days, because the olden days led us to where we are now. Um, but it is also a moment to get us, like, out of the moment and think about how things were, you know, let's say, 1980, <laughs> excuse me, and how they've been even in the past with World War II to give us maybe more of a long and a broad view. Yeah. Jerry, I think, and I mentioned this earlier in our show today, that there seems to be this, you know, as is expected, um, this nostalgia for any figure who has passed away, especially someone who had such a distinguished career in so many different, you know, areas of government, like H.W. Uh, Bush did. Um, but it, it is interesting looking from like kind of stepping back and saying, okay, so I'm seeing NBC or CBS or MSNBC or Fox or whatever, just decrying the difference between the character and the presentation of H.W. Bush with our current president. It's just, you know, they're showing this like what what's happened. We had him as a president. Now we have this loony as our president. And all I can think of when I hear people make those statements, which has been pretty much like 24 hours a day since Friday, is that there's never, is there anyone in the media, including John and I, who are going to step back and say, wait, what have we done in the intervening years to bring about the kind of climate we have? And not just point, yeah, I was, just, I, I, not just point at one guy who's the president. Yeah, you know, and I, I was noticing um, on NBC John Harwood's coverage, and I know John, I debated him a few times on the air. It was really interesting as he contrasted um, George H.W. Bush with Donald Trump. I don't remember John Harwood being easy on George H.W. Bush or George W. Bush at the time. Um, And what he said is, you know, he talked about national unity. Here's the problem. If you use the death of an earlier president to bash the current president, then that's not fostering national unity. So, in other words, everything that people say about, you know, George Herbert Walker Bush, or you can even say about Jimmy Carter or whoever, if you want to talk about them as unifying figures, that's unifying but the moment you turn it into a club to hit the current guy, whether it's your current guy or their current guy, um, then at that point, then national unity is, has really become just a kind of a stiletto to use, um, you know, to stab the other side. So I really wish that they would refrain from that, to be honest with you. I think that I, I'd like that they're praising George Herbert Walker Bush. I like that they're calling for national unity. But to call for national unity and then use it as a way to bash the, you know, the other side, which you don't like right now, um, is really kind of what Jesus would call the hypocrites, a hypocrisy, a play-acting. Um, and that's kind of even worse. It would be better for them to be openly partisan than to pretend to be in favor of national unity and at the same time, uh, in a subtle way, use that, in a not-so-subtle way, I guess, uh, use that to foster uh, you know, more disunity. Yes. 
Well, these are the times we live in. This is what we do. Yes. Jer, thanks an awful lot. It's always a great pleasure to have you with us. Always a pleasure to be with you as well. Thank you. Jerry Boyer from Town Hall. Townhall.com. We've been talking about the economics of Christmas. You can find more about Jerry. Townhall.com. Stick around. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. Splash, splash, splash. Clear your way this winter with Splash De-Icer Windshield Washer Fluid. It melts frost and ice like that. See safely on the road when you apply a little splash. Find Splash at a retailer near you. You know what that music means. Do you? It's Christmas Timmy music, John. Ah, second annual Where in the World is Christmas Timmy? Timmy is our intern here. Well, not really our intern. I mean, he's been our intern for like 20 years. Right. But Timmy gets out and about. Sometimes, if his parents let him, and if he can garner enough bus fare. And so we've got photographs of Timmy in and around Pittsburgh. Now, Timmy is an animated character. I guess I should, you know, tell the honest truth about him. Right. But he does get around. Yes, so we did this last year. We'll continue this year with a brand new Where in the World is Christmas Timmy intern. All you got to do is follow along on all of our different social media platforms, johnandkathyshow.com, The Ride Home with John and Kathy on Facebook, on Instagram. On Twitter. Yep. And we'll post photographs of Timmy from now through December the 19th. And all you have to do is keep track of the date on a piece of paper. And where Christmas Timmy is. Right. You need to ID his location. The first photo of the 2018 Christmas season is now up on Facebook. And you can find And all our other platforms as well. New Mike Mike is busy. His fingers are just tearing across the keys so he can post on all the platforms. Yep. At the uh, end of the contest on December 19th, you tally up all the places Timmy's been to. The person who has the most correct location choices, who's correctly identified where Timmy is... Mm -hmm. Wins themselves a beautiful Springhouse ham. And a uh, media package. Mm-hmm. And uh, a mystery prize of as yet undetermined quantity. I thought you were determining And quality. It. Well, you know, there's a lot to wade through. Is there? Mm-hmm. All right. Where in the world is Christmas, Timmy? 2018 edition. What else going on? Well, you know, I was thinking about some Christmas gifts for... I have little nieces and nephews. Yeah. And I was looking on the Amazon, you know, top... 50 or whatever oh yeah yeah it's like one electronic thing after another that's not good i gotta be honest it hacks me off it did so but i saw this ap story today yeah it said skip the electronic games and flashy digital gizmos pediatricians say the best toys for tots are 
old-fashioned, hands-on playthings that young children can enjoy with parents, like blocks, like puzzles, even throwaway cardboard boxes. Fine. Mm-hmm. Isn't that... Look, you remember when you yourself were a kid, you remember when your kids were little. I mean, the electronic things are really cool for a little bit, but A, they drive the parents out of their mind. Right. And B, you need to find batteries. And C, they kind of fade away faster than like your Lincoln Logs would. The only electronic game that I would consider electronic growing up was the game Operation. Okay, that is not electronic. Hey, it had some batteries. Yeah. <laughs> That's about all I had. That's pretty analog. Okay. That operation game. Operation, right? Just don't touch the metal to the guy's appendix or whatever is in there. But that was about the extent of it, really. I didn't have anything. What, what else was there? Electronic. Well, there was nothing. Exactly. So now you get an iPhone X for your six-year-old. No, please. No one's doing no, that. I, what, people are doing that. No, I don't want any. You know that. So what? Buy what? A kazoo? Yeah, or buy some Lincoln Logs or some blocks or some Legos. And then you can step on them at 2 in the morning when you're trying to get to the bathroom. Hey, a skate night tonight. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.